Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Former Broncos running back Philip Lindsay shares his honest thoughts on Drew Locke. Why is the national media still lukewarm on the Denver Broncos? Plus, we revisit the top three offensive players from the 2020 NFL season. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team. Every day from the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on social media at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you guys are following the podcast at Lockdown Broncos and make sure that you guys follow the podcast. There's no more in the podcasting world. The term subscribe is no longer there. So it is now follow the Lockdown Broncos podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y in your favorite app store. It used to be radio.com. It is now Odyssey, folks. You can get the podcast there every single day, five days a week, all year long. Lockdown Broncos, we have you covered. On today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them that Lockdown sent you. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses. First off, just want to start the show by saying thank you so much to everybody that went out of their way to wish me a happy birthday yesterday. The outpouring of support and love that I felt was phenomenal. So I want to thank you from every ounce of being inside my soul and my heart. Thank you for the amazing wishes. I had an amazing day, obviously interacting with you, the listeners of the show, and also celebrating with my family. As I get another year older, my knees tend to hurt a little bit more due to the arthritis because of ACL surgery. But you know what? We're here, Lockdown Broncos. So with that said, let's get started, ladies and gentlemen. we got a lot in store for you here on today's episode of the show. Uh, former Broncos running back Philip Lindsay, he shared his thoughts in a serious XM NFL radio interview on Drew Locke. We'll get into that here in just a moment. We'll talk about his comments. You know, I'll even talk about the national media. Still kind of a lukewarm vibe on the Broncos, despite the fact that they've had a phenomenal offseason on paper. We're going to go through the reasons why the media should be optimistic about Denver. We also are going to dive into the reasons why the media should still be a little skeptical as well. Plus, we get into our top three Thursday on the offensive players for the Broncos in 2020. The top players there, we'll talk about them. They're fit for 2021, so on and so forth. With that said, let's get into our talking point here today on Philip Lindsay, now a Houston Texan, obviously going to a situation that that organization, we have no idea what's going on with them right now, but he got a financially better deal in Houston than he did in Denver, but he had the opportunity to go and speak on Sirius XM NFL Radio, and one of the things he was asked about his time in Denver, he shared his reflection. He was grateful for George Payton. He had a lot of praise for George Payton, saying that he thinks he's going to do a lot of great things for Denver to turn the organization around. But he was asked about Drew Locke, and and this is the talking point for the Broncos right now. I think everything right now leading up to the draft is going to be focused on what the team does and how it impacts Drew Locke. And Philip Lindsay shared his honest thoughts on Drew Locke and his development, what he needs to do to be the guy and knowing Phil, I mean, Phil is very humble. He's very truthful. He doesn't hold anything back, but he's also not derogatory or negative. He said it in a manner which I felt like was professional and probably accurate to a T. So what he had said, the excerpt from Sirius XM was that Drew holds his own future. Things have been set in place for him to be successful. He has to take advantage of it. He needs to continue to develop. That's on him. He's in a battle between him and him. Nobody else. And I wanted to touch on something that Phil Blinsey had also said. He said, things have been set in place 
for him to be successful. When I look at the Broncos' offensive roster, I think right now they probably have the best offensive line makeup than they've had in quite some time. Drew Locke has a very good offensive line in front of him. There is that. Yes, you know, Lloyd Cushenberry's still young, but the offensive line was pretty good for the Broncos last season. Mike Munchak can be very thankful and grateful for him to be able to create that opportunity for Drew Locke. You look at the wide receiving talent. Yes, you know, Cortland Sutton went down with that injury last year, but Denver still had some receiving talent that was able to step up and contribute. Tim Patrick stepped up in a big way. We'll actually talk about him a little bit later on the show as he was one of the top offensive players last season. In terms of the running game, too, even last year, even though that Phil was hurt, he still had Melvin Gordon, he still had Philip Lindsay, and I felt like there was rhythm to be had there, right? The situation for Drew Locke, I think, is as good as it's ever going to get in terms of the pieces around him. Denver's got Cortland coming back. They've got Tim Patrick. They've got Jerry Judy entering his second year. They've got K.J. Hamler coming back. Noah Fant is back again for another season, one of his most reliable targets. And then you got Albert Okwabenham, who he developed a really strong chemistry with in the games that he had played. The tools are around Drew Locke. Drew Locke, is, it, it's now on him to go out there and perform. So I think that Philip Lindsay was very accurate in that. Lindsay would continue on in the interview. He says they're going to have a fantastic defense. Fangio does a fantastic job with that. But for Drew, it's what did I not do last year that I need to do this year that's going to put me on another level. He has the capability of doing that. And to put that under the microscope a little bit, Drew does have to have that self-analysis. What is it that I can do better that I didn't even do last season? And I think the one thing he didn't do last season consistently well enough was his decision-making. I felt like he relied a lot on his arm talent to try to fit balls into tight windows. But unfortunately, in the NFL, when you have really fast cover guys and you have guys that will bait you, They take advantage of that, and many players, Tyron Matthew is probably one of the key players inside uh, the Broncos' opponents that really baited Drew Locke a lot last season. We saw him take advantage of that. Daniel Sorensen did the same thing. And so for Drew, it's how do I protect the football? How do I not put it in harm's way? If he can come into the season still being the guy that's going to take chances but not reckless chances, right? We talk about George Payton's mantra of let's be aggressive but not reckless. How do you do that when you're playing QB when you know one guy can move an inch and it can completely change everything? That is the trajectory. What happens if the wide receiver doesn't run the right route? That obviously factors into there. But for Drew, protecting the football. And, and you go back to instances like the interception he threw, the very first interception against Kansas City, Sunday Night Football on a very promising drive he has Nick Vanette right in front of him instead he tries to throw it downfield to Troy Fumagalli it's intercepted by Tyrone Matthews so those are things that where he can go back and, and make those adjustments Lindsay would finish by saying he's hungry he's hearing all of this backlash and all of this stuff but for Drew it's not about what everybody else says it's between him and him if he can look in the mirror and find himself He's going to have a great career going forward. And I tell you what, in in my years of covering media, I don't think I've ever met a player that was so bashed by the media or just so, you know, people were so ready to move on from him this quickly than Drew Locke. And, you know, like I said, Drew, I think Drew has some of the physical traits to be a good quarterback in the National Football League. I think there's some mechanical stuff that he can continue to work and improve on, obviously, with Mike Shula, his quarterback coach, and Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator. He can work on those things, but he has to take the next step, right? He has to show that growth and demonstrate that growth year in and year out. I came into training camp, I watched him as a rookie, and I noticed there were still things to him that he was fresh. That's why Joe Flacco was obviously miles ahead of him. Drew Locke, though, was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to carry my game over to the NFL? We saw him do that, and it's been an up-and-down road. There's things to be excited about with Drew Locke, but ultimately, it is between him and him. If he can shut out the noise from the media, from the fans, 
and grind and put together and, and put together some wins and play better, he's going to have the support of the media. He's going to have support of the fans. Fans are going to turn from their negative narrative right now, and they're going to turn to support if he's helping the team win games, if he's playing good football. If he continues to make mistakes, turn the ball over, and it contributes to losses, of course, he's not going to last very long in Denver. So it's on Drew right now to look himself in the mirror and say, look, I've got to do this, and he's got to put that work in, which I imagine he's going to do. He's an NFL player. He's not just going to sit around and make that assumption that you know he's going to sit there and get better by doing nothing. Obviously, wish Philip Lindsay the best in his career in Houston. He's going to have a lot of respect from people, the Colorado media, and even just local people as well going forward. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation about the national media's attention on the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, i got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there, rockauto.com and Built Bar. Starting things off here with rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? When you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need rockauto.com. And our good friends over there at Built Bar today, ladies and gentlemen, is the moment you've been waiting for. It is now time for the Built Bar Madness Championship matchup. And that matchup consists of cookie dough chunk versus coconut brownie chunk, folks, in a battle of two amazing flavors. For me, you know me, I'm a cookie dough lover. I love chocolate chip cookie dough. I eat it out of the tub all the time. I've never gotten sick. And cookie dough chunk gets my vote. I cast my vote at builtbar.com. Or you can also go to bar underscore built on Twitter to cast your vote today. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. But with that said, Broncos country, let's continue our discussion here on today's episode. Locked on Broncos and your favorite podcast provider. Make sure you guys hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. I really like the Odyssey app. It's very interactive. It makes it easy for me to grab my favorite podcast every single day. And one of the favorite podcasts I'm listening to as of late, folks, is the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. 20 minutes or less of the best sports news, the trending news around every sport, every league covered by our local experts. Peter Bukowski does a great job doing that. Plus, the Locked On Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore. I'm really loving Adam Matas' insight on the Nuggets identity, the potential growth of a big four with the addition of Aaron Gordon. When can Nuggets fans maybe expect to see JaVale McGee get some minutes in the rotation? The Nuggets coming off of a big win at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. But a lot of questions with Faku's performance. Why didn't Aaron Gordon play? Check out Locked On Nuggets hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore today on your favorite podcast provider. But now getting into our conversation on the national media attention surrounding the Denver Broncos. And I can tell you this, you know, a couple months ago, we had Ian Rappaport here 
on the podcast leading up to NFL free agency. And Ian really laid kind of the expectations out, his thoughts on the Broncos' decision to hire George Payton. He said it was a home run hire for the organization. And then we saw the moves that George Payton made for Denver, and I feel like it instilled the confidence that Broncos fans were missing. Now, the only hangup that Broncos fans have for the most part right now is quarterback. A lot of people are unsure on Drew Locke, and rightfully so. Drew Locke has not given a lot of people reason to say, hey, you know, he is the guy, but we also haven't had enough to say, hey, he isn't the guy. Now, if he continues to stack on some negative performances, it'll make that decision a lot easier to say, okay, hey, we need to go in a different direction. But the national media, despite the fact that the Broncos, they locked up Justin Simmons on a long-term deal, they brought back Von Miller for 2021. They lock up Shelby Harris on a three-year deal. Tim Patrick is back, folks. And they're trying to do whatever they can to make this team competitive and successful in 2021. Nobody in the national media is really talking about it. And one of the shows I watch in the morning when I get the chance to is Good Morning Football. And I believe it was a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football, he blasted the Broncos. Somebody posed the question, why aren't people talking about the Broncos? And Kyle Brandt blasted him by saying, They've, they're a losing team. Why why are we talking about a team that you know went five and eleven? That went six and ten. Why are we talking about a losing team? That's what Kyle Brandt had said, and it really fired up Broncos country, right? Because the conversations you're going to see on Twitter, a lot of Broncos fans are talking about the losing seasons, right? But Kyle Brandt, he goes off on the Broncos why no one's going to talk about them because they were a losing team. It really fired people up. But I, I want to look at it from both spectrums here. I want to look at it from. Aside why I think the media should be viewing the Broncos in an optimistic light. And also want to take a look at maybe why the, the media should continue to view them with some skepticism. So we got to look at both sides here. So Kyle Brandt, actually, even after that, he received such outrage. He was back on Good Morning Football and he talked about, he says, you know, I feel like I was a little too hard on them, but here's the deal. They're a team that hasn't won games. They've been a losing team for the last couple of seasons. They've got to win. They play in the AFC West. And so for him, it was a lot of those reasons why he had the the mindset and the thought process that he did. So, you know, Kyle, I respect you for coming out there, defending your stance and even providing some clarification on it. I know Broncos fans kind of felt some way about it. But let's talk about it from both sides, because this is my job. As an analyst, it's to provide you, the listener of the show, with the optimistic view and also the realistic view as well, you know, kind of the, the, you know where you have to look at, because you can look at the good and you can look at the bad, but the c- common conclusion is going to be based on results. So here are the reasons, in my opinion, why the Broncos should be viewed in an optimistic light by the national media. I think that the young team that Denver has, we're seeing the younger guys start to take over. We see Drew Brees retire. You know, Aaron Rodgers, who knows how much longer he's got. Phillip Rivers retired. We are starting to see a new age of young players take over. And we knew that last season. The Broncos had the youngest offense in the National Football League. They have one of the youngest teams in the National Football League, minus the, you know some of their veterans that they have right now. Obviously, Von Miller, Kareem Jackson, those guys are up there in age. They're the most experienced players on the team. But outside of that, Denver is really young. So I think that the, anytime you have a young football team that does have talent, and if you watched any Broncos game last season, Denver was very competitive, minus maybe a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, minus that first half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Buffalo in that second half, 
Denver was a competitive football team, despite the fact that they only won five games. So with the young players that they had, a lot of young players played in a trial-by-fire basis, which means that they got some much-needed experience, and some of them got that experience probably before they were ready to, which is okay because it's going to make them better. They're either going to respond and build on that, or it's going to be something that they can't overcome, and they're going to dwindle away. I don't see any players right now that, that started for Denver that are heading in that direction. I think that Denver has a lot to be excited about. And then also the other factor too, a new general manager and a widely respected general manager among league circles. Now there was a common consensus in the national media by many talking heads. A lot of people were over the John Elway tenure and the era there, right? Despite the fact that John Elway constructed arguably one of the greatest time frames in Broncos history, one of the greatest rosters assembled, the greatest offense of all time, arguably, and arguably one of the greatest defenses of all time. He's done that. He deserves his praise for that. But the last five seasons in a losing manner, that was a reason why I think a lot of NFL analysts were turned off. I mean, they didn't like what John Elway was doing and the direction of the team. We heard from Ian Rappaport the, the amount of respect that he has. Adam Schefter, the amount of respect that he has for George Payton, you can see that. I think with that new GM, that, that new perspective, that new life, that new philosophy, I think it'll be great for a team in a position that Denver's in being as young as they are. And I think it gives the GM an opportunity and a chance to also grow with them. So you have that. Now the other angle, and why I think the national media needs to be optimistic, is that the Broncos, they have key players locked in. Justin Simmons locked in on a four-year deal. Obviously the NFL draft is upcoming. Denver's going to make some moves. They're going to replace some players in the next couple of years. Vaughn Miller has a chance to be back long-term after 2021. Shelby Harris here for the next three seasons. And Denver, looking at their secondary, they're trying to build that. They got Darby for three years. They got Fuller for one. But you have key players locked in on defense. You have key players locked in on offense. That bodes well. So if this team can continue to build, there's reasons why the media should be optimistic. Now to throw it to the side where reasons the media should be skeptical still. I think when you do look at the five consecutive losing seasons, you can look at it. I mean, how many times have we sat here on the podcast, looked at the Broncos on paper and said, hey, you know what? This is a team that I feel like can compete in the playoffs. This is a team that maybe should be in a position to compete for a wild card. I know before 2020 even began, folks, we were talking about that. We were talking about Denver being a potential wild card team with the talent. And based on how they ended 2019, we talked about that. But the consecutive losing seasons is a reason to still be skeptical. I still think the question marks at quarterback, you know, right now the talking heads all around ESPN, the NFL Network, they say you have to have a franchise quarterback in order to be successful. While I disagree on that, I think it helps your chances of being successful and winning. Having a franchise quarterback isn't necessarily the end-all, be-all, even though that that's the talking point right now. However, you do have to have good quarterback play. You do. And right now, Denver's kind of up and down. They're inconsistent with their play at quarterback. And for the same reason I said that media should be optimistic, they should also be skeptical because Denver is a young football team. Now, that can't be an excuse year in and year out. Yes, you have young players, but you have a lot of those guys that were rookies last year. They're transitioning into their sophomore years. Now, are they going to take a jump? Are they going to have a sophomore slump? That's going to be a defining factor as to the trajectory of where these players are going to go. And also the other factor is being in the AFC West, which is ultra competitive, ran by the Kansas City Chiefs right now with Patrick Mahomes, all the talent that they have on offense, and some of the guys that they've brought in on defense, despite the fact that the salary cap is a complete joke. 
The Chargers, they're a young team that is very enticing. Brandon Staley, very well regarded right now as one of the young up-and-coming head coaches in the National Football League. His rise from position coach to coordinator to head coach has been very, very fast. There's reasons to kind of be skeptical of that if you're looking at it from a media perspective. But they have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They have a lot of offensive talent there. Austin Eckler at the running back position. And then they have the defense that they do have right now. Uh, so for me, I think that the Chargers are one of those teams you have to keep an eye on. The Las Vegas Raiders, they're one of those 50-50 teams. They got rid of their entire offensive line, but they also made some key additions that could make them dangerous in John Gruden's offense. We'll see how they take the step on defense. So the AFC West is a reason why I think some media outlets should definitely be skeptical of Denver. If Denver can prove that they can compete and win the division, absolutely, that respect will come back. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're getting into our top three Thursday review of the best offensive players for the Broncos in 2020. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode show. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And if you like betting and you like money, BetOnline is the place to go. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And the NFL season may be over, but we're just five months away from it kicking off once again. But the NBA season, college basketball, NHL, and MLB is getting ready to start. They're in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. As we get into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, folks, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you have not yet left a review, it would mean the absolute world to me. If you love listening to Lockdown Broncos every single day, if you could go and leave us a five-star review on iTunes right while you tune into the show, right while you love it, I will love you forever. I may even send you some money for coffee or date night for you and the missus or you and the husband if you're one of our amazing female listeners as well. Appreciate you. It would mean the world to me. Obviously, a couple shout-outs. Billy Fritzel for his review Thank you so much for that. Tomahawk Blues for their review and JCW at one for the review as well, saying the band always prepared, highly professional, tremendous work ethic. I love you, Broncos country. I really do. And I, you make me have the best job in the world. I really have that. But uh, with that said, the show must go on here. And we're going to get into our top three Thursday. A look back at the top three offensive players for the Broncos last season. I'm not going to waste any time here. I think it was really easy to say. You can maybe argue one of these players, but I think the common consensus would be in agreement here. Starting things off, one of the top three offensive players from 2020, Tim Patrick. We all know 51 catches on 79 targets, zero dropped passes, 742 yards, and six touchdowns. Could you imagine if Tim Patrick was targeted on average 100 times in 2020? He would more than likely have around 10 or 11 touchdowns. He'd have over 1,000 yards receiving. He would be contributing in a big-time way. He was a big step up for the Broncos last season after Cortland Sutton went down. And the Broncos saw enough in him to bring him back. George Payton saw enough in him in that matchup against Minnesota in 2019 to say, hey, look, these two guys here on the outside, we can mix and match them with personnel. They can be a problem. They could be a matchup nightmare for cornerbacks around the NFL. So Tim Patrick gets a mile-high salute as one of the top three offensive players on today's top three Thursday episode, Locked On Broncos. The second one, Noah Fant at the tight end position, a player, in my opinion, that the Broncos should have utilized way more. 62 catches on the season, 673 yards. He missed a few games due to an ankle injury. He had three touchdowns, 
But I tell you what, when he was healthy, when the Broncos were going to him, he was hard to stop. He was hard to guard. And he's a nightmare for defenses. And I like the fact that Denver, down the stretch of the season, started getting him isolated on the outside one-on-one against cornerbacks. I mean, we even saw that that throw down the left side, 37-yard catch and run by Noah Fant from Drew Locke, matched up one-on-one against corner. Denver needs to find a way to capitalize on those opportunities a lot more. Now, Noah has been putting in a lot of work this offseason. Been very blown away. He's been very attention to detail with it. Hasn't taken too much time. He took about a month off at the end of the season, but since then, he's been putting in work. And there are fans out there, there's some very negative and nasty people that are talking smack to Noah Fant about injury history and things like that. Look, I tell you what, Noah Fant is a very, very gifted player. You have to factor in the offseason. Yes, one of the criticisms I think that a lot of people have on Noah Fant is you know, being injured. But here's the deal. The Broncos have to find a way to put him in situations where he can eat and where he can capitalize. We talk about the first half against Tennessee. We talk about the second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why can't Denver impose a full-on game plan, not just for a half, not just for a quarter, for an Fant there. Chip releases to the flats, let him get the ball in space, and they get yards after the catch. Use him in, in some concepts on being a vertical threat. He's gotten in the weight room. He's worked on that agility. He's fast enough as is for a big guy. He can contribute even more for the Broncos in 2021. And obviously, he is a consensus vote here as one of the top three players for the Broncos offense in 2020. Three touchdowns. I'm going to make a bold projection here I think that Noah Fant here in 2021, I think he's going to have seven receiving touchdowns. I think he's going to have probably around 850, maybe 1,000 yards uh, in terms of receiving. I think that's going to be how he contributes because the Broncos, they have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, skill players. They're going to have to distribute that. So for Noah Fant, that would be a phenomenal production. And I think Devers is going to really go in on that this year. And then the third player that is a top three player for the Broncos on offense last season. As much as Broncos fans like to bag on the signing, Melvin Gordon was that player for Denver. Melvin has to cut out the fumbles. Absolutely. He had 215 rushes. He had 986 yards, but he also had nine touchdowns. That right there was productive value as a rusher and also as a receiver. He is the Broncos' best tailback at this point in time as it stands right now, and he was last season. But here's the deal with Melvin Gordon that I think a lot of fans would like to see as well. And that game against the Raiders towards the end of the regular season, stay in bounds, keep the clock running. That, to me, I think will be the biggest question mark we have. Was Melvin Gordon in it for the stats? Was was he just not situationally aware? I mean, what was it? Because the decision to stay, to run out of bounds, was a big question mark. The Broncos ended up getting a penalty, it set them back, and then that led to them losing the game against the Raiders in Week 17. So, you know, for Melvin Gordon, can you build on that? Can you protect the football next season? If he can do that, I think he can replicate his success. He is entering the final year of his career, so he's trying to audition for another contract, whether it be in Denver or for another NFL team. But for the Broncos, dealing with what everything that they dealt with that season, 986 yards, nine touchdowns, that's the value, right? Nine touchdowns, putting the ball in the end zone, especially in goal line situations and in the red zone. Melvin Gordon is reliable, and the Broncos need to continue to build on that this upcoming season. But with that said, Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode Lockdown Broncos on this beautiful Thursday all across Broncos country. The weather outside is absolutely fantastic. It's getting warmer. It is barbecue weather. Make sure you're safe, you're responsible, and make sure you continue to follow the guidelines as we look to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Hopefully the expectation and power field a mile high can have full stadium next season. 
when kickoff happens in September. But in the meantime, leading up till kickoff and even through the NFL season, you can expect your Broncos coverage here every single day. Lockdown Broncos, make sure you follow on your favorite podcast provider. With that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. I will see you tomorrow for a Friday episode of the show.